So good. Thank you for joining with us. Thanks, Pastor Grace and all the team. So great to be here together. You know, I just want to remind you that you can go on our website, www.ccacron.org, O-R-G, and click uh, Give. We want you to partner with us and click give, partner, sow your seed, sow your offering today. We're not in the building, and so uh, obviously we're not passing the offering plates. We're not sending you a bill at your house, uh, so, you know, or whatever. Um, so we want you to partner with us and, and give. Go to our website. If you're familiar with Realm, you can use Realm. And of course, on our website, there's all the various ways to give, uh, Cash App and Google, all that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for partnering with us in 2020. Um, we have seen, uh, not only have, uh, have we seen God provide supernaturally this year, uh, in many ways, you know, I, I think back when we first started the year, of course, this year's looked completely different. <laughs> you know, I know, I know nobody, you know, doesn't know anything about that, but this year's looked completely different, and uh, we had to pivot uh, at the very start of the year, as, as did everybody, you know, we all faced moments in our life where we had to pivot. There were some changes, whether it was, you know, working at home or, um, you know, kids at home with school and all of the different things going on. And so we've all had to make changes. And, and so we've had to make some, some ministry changes. And it, it wasn't maybe necessarily different than what we were doing. We were amplifying what we were doing. Yeah. And so there were some pivots that way. And, and I am just so thankful uh, yeah. that everybody has uh, just gotten behind uh, all that yeah. we've done this yeah. year to pivot and say, hey, I am going to stay uh, faithful with my tithes and offerings. I'm going to stay consistent and faithful. Even though I may not be in the building, I'm going to stay faithful and consistent. So and uh, it is important. It's, it's greatly important because, you know, whether you're in the building or not, we still have bills to pay and, and ministries are running. You know, we never stopped. We, like I said, we amplified yeah. And so it's been such a blessing to watch, um, and not only watch people give, but to watch the blessings that have come on those who have given this year and stayed yeah. faithful. It's been, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's been so significant to, to watch um, the, the testimonies unfold in people's lives. And so I just want to say thank you again. You know, if you have, uh, if you're planning on giving, you know, a lot of times people have planned uh large giving at the end of the year to, you know, to get in before uh, the end of the year tax season and such. And so if you are planning that, just make, make sure that you know that those gifts need to be into the office by December 31st or postmarked as such so you can get credit for the 2020 giving year. But thank you, thank you, thank you for partnering. We're so yeah. thankful. And, um, you know, not only that, but we have some great things coming up in 2021 we're already making plans for the launch of our care group ministry, and uh, more details to come on that. I know all of our pastoral ministry team is uh, diligent, diligently working and strategizing and planning how can we do this most effectively in a safe way, and uh, we've got VIP receptions starting up again. We have all of our ministries trying to get the, the van ministry, the bus ministry back up and running. We need drivers. Every matter of fact, every area of service needs volunteers. Yeah. And I, I said it last Sunday, and I'll say it again this Sunday, is that, you know, what happened is a lot of people uh, kind of hit the pause button and, and mistakenly may have hit the reset button as well. And so being out for three months, not being in the building, and then coming back to what does COVID look like, all of these things. So many people are um, 
just on reset, and, and they're staring at a blank screen, so to speak, and not, not sure where to start or where to plug in or how to re-engage. And so um, I just want to encourage you to, to, get, to pick back up where you left off. You know, find those ministries you were involved with before, re-engage. Or maybe you say, you know what, I really didn't like what I was involved with before. You know, I was kind of, I need a change. And, and now might be a good time for you to find a new ministry to engage with. So anyway, we look forward to seeing you back in the building January 3rd. All of our services are back to normal, uh, you know, January 3rd. So we're, you know, 10 o'clock service, 9.30 prayer on Sundays. Youth meet at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. Wednesday nights, we're back every Wednesday at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights starting January 6th, and uh, it's going to be great midweek refresh, awesome, awesome time together, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. Well, I am looking forward to our discussion today um, all about, you know, what has God been speaking to you this year? You know, there, in the middle of trouble, turmoil, crazy times, unsettled, times of change, you know, a lot of times we get our focus off of what it needs to be. And so I want to know, not only to those here, but to you at home, those of you who are watching, what has God spoken to you this year? What lessons are you taking away from 2020? So drop them in the comments. Reminder to share this post. Let people know that we're live and uh, let them know they can join in anytime throughout the rest of the day. But, but share in the comments, what was the lesson that God showed you this year in 2020 that you'll hold on to. Not the complaint, not the problem, not the issue, but yeah. what did God show you yeah. in this year? So, Heather, Pastor Heather. Thank you, sir. Pastor Heather. <laughs> um, well, I am, as I look back over the year, I'm extremely grateful. You know, my heart's full. Um, you know, even over Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, to have the holidays look different. Um, I could just tell my family, you know, they're all about a thousand or so miles away, and I just keep saying my heart's full. It's been a fabulous year. It's been a hard year, but it's yeah. been a fabulous yeah. year in Christ. And so I want to share um, from Acts 2, and um, we'll start in verse 40, and it says, And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and the breaking of bread and prayer. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So good. And I, I've always loved this scripture, but this is what I see celebration in yeah. 2020. You know, 20. 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2020, the Wait, year that has come and passed. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it's, it's really been a beautiful, almost like a perspective shift yeah. of, you know, uh, having loved the body of Christ before, having loved the fellowship and the koinonia, but seeing it from a whole new light. Yeah. You know, when the pandemic started and things, be, things got shut down, 
we didn't introvert away from one another. We began to realize quickly that we're all in this together, regardless of where we're at demographically here, where we're at with our families. It was, we're all in. We are the family of God. And I feel like as a whole, Celebration Church has become so much more intimate um, by nature. And in that, you know, we are seeing the signs and the wonders follow all of us. We are seeing people delivered. We are seeing people saved and born again. And it looked different than it would have in 2019. But we're seeing the gospel come to life. And really, it's that perspective shift through, through the koinonia. And I want to read this. Um, it's the word well from um, the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. And it says that koinonia is a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. Right. In koinonia, the individual shares in a common an intimate bond of fellowship yeah. with the rest of Christian society. Koinonia cements the believers to the Lord Jesus and to each other. And so 2020 has all the more cemented me together with my brothers and sisters in Christ that, you know, no matter where we're at and what we're going through in the world and society, we have a bond that's thicker. Than, I mean, we are cemented together by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm blessed because of it. It's been a phenomenal year in Christ because of the fellowship we have. That's good. You know, and I, I don't want to take away, you know, from what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks about what we feel like God's speaking to us about 2021. But this also is a great segue to say this is, this is exactly what God's stirring in all of us for this coming year is to take what has kind of been built upon in 2020 and continue to see that grow in 2021 to continue to see the relationships and the koinonia to grow. And so there's a lot of uh, prayer and strategy and talking around this very thing right now um, within our, our leadership team, our core team, about, what, you know, what does this look like? You know, we're coming back. Uh, for many of you, you know, you've been in the building. There's still a lot that haven't yet. Um, being in the building looks different even. Um, you know, it's been grocery distributions and Sunday morning service, so like life still looks different. But so, what is this going to look like when we get back together? You know, what is this? What is this looking like? What are we creating? What are you know? What's going to exist uh, in 2021? And so, I'm excited about that. I don't want to, you know, talk about that this whole time because the focus is really what God spoke to you in 2020. But just know there there's some great things coming. Yeah, I actually had a similar uh, 2020 and similar revelation. And I'm going to say something kind of controversial right now, but 2020 was an awesome year for me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't mean that because I, I didn't struggle or because I'm sitting completely disengaged from the rest of the world and think that, you know, nothing was a big deal and nothing happened. No, absolutely. 2020 was a rough year and a lot of things changed. I myself even had my hours reduced toward the beginning of quarantine, but really it was so good for me. And it gave me the opportunity to spend more time with the body, more time in the house of the Lord. And I love the, the verse that came to me about this is Jeremiah 17, 8. And it says, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green. It, does, it is not anxious in the year of drought, 
for it does not cease to bear fruit. And I love that last part that when we're planted by the stream and our roots go out into the water, we don't fear in the drought because we're still producing fruit. And that really has been 2020 for me, that even in COVID, even in the midst of the change and the lockdown and everything, my company, we're still working from home. And for me, honestly, that's a scary thing because I have a tiny apartment all by myself and me being alone for an extended period of time isn't necessarily my happy place. I, I do need to be around people. So it was such a huge blessing for me this year that I had the opportunity that, that I could, instead of locking myself away in my apartment, I got to be at church more. And I got to come here and do my secular job, but then be in a place that allowed me to do ministry more effectively because I didn't have that commute. I didn't have the 45 minutes in between going to work in the morning or getting home from work and being exhausted and then, oh, but there's this thing I really wanted to go do at the church, but it's so late now. No, I was already here. So I could just dive in and even in the time of furlough when my hours were reduced, it just allowed me to do more ministry and say, okay, well now those hours instead of going to work, I'm going to do stuff at the church and be involved in the body. And it's been so good. 2020 for me, I've, I've gotten more healthy physically, yeah. spiritually, and emotionally all in the midst of this because I purposed to be in the house of the Lord with other believers. And not only, like Pastor Heather was saying, the team on the stage has grown closer, but I've been able to grow closer with people who aren't even on this stage, people who I might not have even had the opportunity to interact with had I been not focused on remaining with the body and staying close and engaging in a purposeful way and, and purposing that instead of looking at the COVID or looking at the world, I purposed and decided, okay, I'm going to look at Jesus because everything is a plan and everything is a purpose. He doesn't waste anything. We've talked about that before. And I think Pastor Zach said it last week in his sermon. He doesn't waste anything. So coming into 2020 and seeing the chaos, I knew, okay, this isn't going to be wasted, God. What are we doing? Yeah, I, I love what um, the Passion Translation, how it says Psalms 1. And his pleasure and his passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Hmm. And then it's, it goes on to say, he is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Yeah. So good. So when we talk about planting in the Lord, and I think this, you know, so good to connect this to a year of change, you know, where everything is, is topsy-turvy or we feel like maybe, you're, you know, your world's been turned upside down in some ways. How does... What does that mean? You know, what does that look like practically? When we say being planted, staying planted, staying rooted, you know, what does that mean? What does that look like for the average person who says, okay, great, I'm, you know, I'm still spinning. Yeah. I'm still dealing with COVID. I'm still dealing with, you know, home, kids being at home with school and, you know, working from home. My job's still crazy. How, how do I stay planted in the middle of this? What are you talking about? What I think about with that is another thing that we say all of the time is having an anchor. And, and you have to anchor on Christ. You have to focus on Christ that, yes, you're spinning. And even parts of this year, I found myself spinning. And, and Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather had to point it out and say, hey, it, you're kind of spinning right now. Is everything okay? Are you all right? And I had to realize, oh, I, 
I lost my anchor. I, I, I'm doing and doing and doing and doing. And yes, the things that I'm doing are good, but what's the purpose of my doing? And am I focused on Christ or am I focused on the things? And I think the same thing with COVID. Instead of focusing on the problem or focusing on the what ifs or focusing on the changes, we focus on the constant because we know that there is one constant always in our lives, and that's Christ. He never changes. He's the same regardless of COVID, regardless of pandemic, regardless of life circumstance. We have an anchor, and like Hebrews says, it's the hope of our soul. That anchor is our hope, and it's what we can rely on. Absolutely. You know, when I look and think about the planting of the Lord, you know, I think about, um, yes, that Christ is the anchor of my soul. And I think about the life of the believer. You know, I always try to, because for so long, you know, Scripture wasn't alive to me. Like, I didn't know how to take it and read it and translate it into everyday life. You know, I can remember getting born again and thinking, oh, wow, so now I can't wear makeup and I have to wear really baggy, loose clothing and I can't talk loud or have a lot of fun. And that just wasn't true, but I never saw Scripture come alive to that, oh, God created me how, how I am, and now he just, I'm going to, now he's going to sanctify me, but I can still live life with him. So take that and the planting of the Lord, and I, it brings back to the Acts 2 Scripture for me. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. When God plants you in a church, he plants you. Right. So you got to think of right. taking a plant, going to a nursery and getting a plant. You you think about the soil. You think about the where you're going to place it, if it needs sun, how much sun, how much water it needs. You're going to think about the pot or the soil it's going to go into. And you're going to plant it with a purpose. It's going to stay for a long period right. of time. Because if you uproot it, it's got to start all over again, right? The nourishment, and, and it, it goes through a sick time, and there's all sorts of things that happen. So it's the same thing in our spiritual life. And God plants us. He chooses the church for you yeah. and I. He chose celebration for us, and he planted us here. And so that means that my roots need to go down deep here. And I need to focus. We all need to focus on the apostles' teaching. You know, do we, we always say it. We say it from the pulpit so many times. Don't take our word for it. Go read it for yourself. Take what we're, we're doing and go dive in Scripture. Go read commentary. Yes. Go yes. cross-reference what we're saying. Go meditate upon it. Go memorize that Scripture. But stay in the apostles' doctrine. And it goes on and it says, um, yeah. Okay. And it says that they uh, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. We cannot seclude ourselves from the believers. We right. cannot separate. We are made. We were created for fellowship one with another. And so we have to do that. Breaking of bread, one, that we have the Lord's Supper together. We have it here all the time. And two, that we join one another in food yeah. and just casual conversation and eating and life together. It's so important. And in prayers. Yeah. Don't just tell someone, hey, I'm praying for you. Stop right there and pray with pray. them. Yeah. Pray with yeah. them. There is something that bonds us and unites us yeah. and grounds us. You know, I yeah. think about all the people that are home that haven't been able to come in the church doors. I still feel closer to you because of the things you've shared with me and the things that we have prayed together, that yeah. I have prayed over you. There is something planting that happens with our roots when we begin to pray for one another, not just talk about it. Yeah. 
And it goes on and on and on, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. You know, I think about all the people that have come day in and day out here throughout COVID to break down boxes, to take out the trash, to undo the groceries, to help clean, to shampoo our carpets, to change the light bulbs. I mean, you name it. There are people all over that come that play such a vital role here. And so you might think you only have an hour but by coming and helping, yeah. even by helping stuff mailers, your roots that are going down yeah. deep. Yeah. That is making the practical yeah. reality yeah. of our life and the word come alive yeah. together. Um, and again, it says breaking bread from house to house. You know, be friends with the church. Yeah. Be friends with the church. We're some cool people. <laughs> well, we have I, fun. I, I, want you, I want you to talk about that because that's really important because I think sometimes people have maybe a misconception of what the church is. I think sometimes we have, you know, we have a perspective, we have past experiences, we have hurts, we have letdowns, you know, the, we have maybe unbiblical, you know, realities about what the church is. So talk about that. Like, what, what, is, what is that? You know, the church, I, I used to do this, this uh, New Believers class, and one thing that I always said is, we as the church are your new family. And we're here to walk with you from birth to death and everything in between. And that really is the church. We are, we are all going in one direction with one purpose, Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. And we're here to go together. And, you know, it's the beauty of it is I get to know all sorts of people who are so completely different from me yeah. and who sharpen me and who give me a light and a perspective like I never would have had. Um, but I do the same for them. And we get to have life together. Right. You know, I think about the women and, you know, on this Facebook group. And I would, you know, see something that reminds me of one of them. I'm like, hey, tagging them. And they're like, oh, you tagged me in a post. Is everything okay? I was just thinking about you. I mean, that's church life. Or, you know, this one girl today was at the grocery store. And she sent me this picture of this thing. And she's like, have you ever seen these? These reminded me of you. And I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus, for the body of Christ. Yeah. And it's not about what she sent me the picture of. It's about the fact that we have a Point relationship. And, yeah. and that as she was going about her day-to-day -day life, she thought about me. Yeah. And that means the world to me because I love her and I think about her. And I, I want to add, too, because sometimes, you know, you might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I wish somebody did that for me. I wish I had that relationship you know, and I don't want to maybe sound like it's a pity party, but there, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a pity party, but you're sitting there thinking, well, what about me? You know, what about yeah. me? Uh, as we're tended to be programmed, you know, what about me? So find someone else. Yeah. Find someone, yeah. you know, we say it over and over again, find someone who's hurting worse than you are. Yeah. Find someone that needs a relationship, that needs an encouragement, that needs a, needs a friend in, in the church and, yeah. and be their friend and Foster this yep. friendship. Who sits next to you on Sunday? Yeah. Or who sits two pews in front of you Sunday? You know, don't let them be just a face that you yeah. see, but know their name. Know yeah. what's going on in their life. Know, and not for the sake of knowing, but because you care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of it is I want to know how you're doing because I genuinely care for you. You know, I've got a list of people and, and right now in my brain of, you know, what they're going through, their health, the different things with the holidays, 
family situations and constantly on my heart just wondering how they're doing and you know I don't want to feel stalkerish you know I think they know my heart you know but I just genuinely care for them and I'm rooting for them in this season of life and you know the church as we have fellowship and relationship we are rooting for God's absolute best for one another right so uh, Pastor Grace I'm, I want you to chime in here because I know you've had some changes this year too and when we talk about fellowship, koinonia, partnering together. Your world has changed a little bit in this regard, too. So talk to us a little bit about um, some of your takeaways this year around fellowship and community. Yeah, so for me, you know, (laughs) it's funny. It's been a defining and a refining year. Um, And it's, you know, I I can pinpoint it back to the start of they shut the schools down, and I was working at at a at a private school, and I said, okay, now what? They shut the schools down. I know that they're they're my pastors are <laughs> without uh, without childcare, and they got to run the church. I got my kids. Let's just do this together. And from that point on, started a whole new perspective of what the church is. And it's funny because it grew and it changed and it morphed throughout the year because it went from me learning, you know, it just stepping in and walking right in. Okay, let's go. We got to do this. Ministry's still going to happen. People still need Jesus. Um, we still have to be Jesus to the community and, and me helping step into it. And then it went to I had situations <laughs> where I needed help. And all of a sudden, you know, I was having trouble in my pregnancy with Ellie and, and, you know, there were things and all of a sudden I was at the doctor two and three times a week and sometimes more, like it, it was ridiculous. And so I found myself, you know, I had stepped into um, teaching the kids and doing all this stuff and we had started all this ministry and, and it was all God and he had birthed it all and it was beautiful, but all of a sudden I couldn't do it anymore, but it was still my job. <laughs> And so I had to shift my perspective and, and begin to learn how to then receive from community. Because I had learned all my life how to give, 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 and how to, how to, how to put it out and, and work and do. But I was not so great at receiving. And I was very private about things. You know, I'm still pretty private about a lot of things. <laughs> but... You know, all of a sudden when you're, when life is exploding and you have to be at the doctor and things, you know, when, when you end up, enter into those crazy situations, there's no more uh, privacy. Your life is just an open book and you're just saying, okay, we got to wa- walk this. Can you help me? Hi, this is what's going on in my life. Can you please help me? <laughs> I didn't ask that way. But it, it puts you in this different place of, oh, my goodness, how beautiful the body of Christ is and how beautiful it is when God weaves it together because there was not one moment that things were left um, that, that things were left without being cared for you know that, that things were left undone that needed to be done you know the God puts the people around you to step in in your time of need just as much as when you step in in their time of need and it's this beautiful dance back and forth of you know, who's, who's the next one in the, you know, in, in the fire, you know, look around and see and, and, and then be okay when it's you 
you know, and just allow the body of Christ to love on you. Because I, I, it was such a beautiful season for me to sit back and, and be ministered to, you know, um, I'll never forget that. And just seeing how perfectly knit together the body of Christ is. You know, there's a word that comes to mind here is what you're describing, Pastor Grace. Um, you know, sometimes we're, we're really good as humans. And, I, and I'm not even relating this as a, as a Christian. This is just as humans, we're really good at building fences. We're really yeah. good at fencing ourselves in and what we're comfortable with. This is my yard. This is my house. You know, you stay on your side. You stay, you know, I don't want you peeking through the fence. I don't want you, you know, um, a few years ago, well, before we moved here, um, this was before we were married, actually, uh, Heather had a stalker, and um, we there was a fence in the backyard, and the, when the police came and they were doing their investigative process, they were talking about how um, they could tell that whoever was um, stalking, were, they were moving some of the boards and the fence to be able to look into the living room. The, the living room was all windows. It was like five or six massive windows. And they were moving the uh, boards and the fence in order to see into the window. We did some things to take care of that. But um, I won't tell you, but it involved razor blades. But anyway, um, so they, they weren't going to do it again. But anyway, um, so... If, if you, yeah, if you ever, if you ever have a stalker, just give me a call. Anyway, um, so, it, so, it, you know, it's that, that sense of privacy was, you know, oh my goodness, they, that privacy's taken and they're invading my space. Yeah. And, and we, we build these fences to keep people out. But isn't it so precious that, you know, it's like Pastor Grace, you were saying, that really Koinonia is all about letting those fences come down. It's not even about removing the boards. It's about knocking the stinking fence down. Yeah, Pastor Heather was sharing in the verse in Acts, and she was talking about how it talks about breaking bread together. And, you know, the, this letting the fences down, it cracks me up because there is nothing more intimate and in letting each other into his, your personal spaces than breaking bread together. If you have not been <laughs> in lunch or dinner with us, uh, we'll just invite you over sometime. We come, we, we come our into, dance. Oh my goodness, it's insane. It's, and we just get, you know, we get into each other's spaces, you know, especially when it's dinner on Wednesday nights, man. There, you know, the kids are all hanging, like it is, it's crazy, but it's this beautiful thing of, of letting your hair down, letting the fences down, and just being together. And that is what we're called to be together. That's koinonia, not the fences. Not the... I'm just going to peek over the fence. What's that in that, the, the show with, where he looks over the... Tim Allen. You, all you see is this much of him, you know? That he, we need to be fully present with one another. Fully present and fully open. Absolutely. You know, I keep thinking, you know, just about how to get those, those walls and those fences coming down. And maybe you're watching today and, and you're, you're just aching and you want that fellowship. You want a friend. You want that relationship. You're thinking, how do I get it? And I just want to encourage you, private messages. Uh, message somebody else on the feed today. And just tell it, what is the need in your life? What is that area that you you know you need somebody, but you've almost been shying away? You know, I can remember being newly born again in, in the body of Christ and really having small talk with people 
and then running away, which is really hard to do in Cajun country because everybody's everyone's <laughs> best friend. Um, but I would run away because if you knew who I really was and what I'd done and what I was going through, you would not let your family be around me. And I had so much shame because of who I was and, and, and what God was sanctifying in me that I wouldn't let anybody in. But the crazy thing is that really is just Satan. That's the lie of the enemy. And everyone has a past. And everyone's going through something today. And the more that we learn to just say, hey, I need you. I need somebody. You know, I need someone to just care, someone to just listen. As soon as we begin to do that, the walls start coming down. And we realize that everybody else is just like us in a whole lot of ways. And they need help too. And so reach out to us. Let us become the body of Christ for you. Don't go through whatever it is you're going through alone. You know, everybody on this platform, I think I can speak for in saying that we've all been through something major. And we needed each other. We could not have survived that season without one another. And I don't want you to be alone. I want you to thrive in your relationship with Jesus. And sometimes that really does take the fellowship of the brethren. Yeah. I, I really believe that, you know, this, this coming year in 2021, that for you, um, it's going to be a season to reconnect um, with the body. Yes. You know, it's, many of you um, are faithful and have, have been connected, but it's, it's different. You know, COVID changed things. It changed how we connect. And I really believe this is going to be a year for you to reconnect and to really become vulnerable, to build koinonia and be vulnerable, let those, let those walls down. And I, I believe there's somebody, you're just, you're watching this, and you're saying, you know, God's really been challenging me, speaking to me, that I need to engage with someone else. I need to, yeah. I need to reach out, I need to connect, I need to start yeah. a small group, I need to, yeah. you know, open, open up my home, have a care group, and, and have a small group in my house, you know, and just really re-engage, and, and maybe it's, you know, going to coffee or, you know, Panera's, because you can't go into coffee shops yet, but maybe you can go to Panera's and, and have some coffee, whatever, and uh, really engage and start building those uh, relationships. And I just want to tell you, 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 don't, you don't need Heather and I to just come sit down with you and tell you, yes, that's the Lord, because we're telling you right now, yes, that's what Scripture says, that you don't need your pastor to tell you to do this. You know, we have mechanisms like small groups in place to, to help build that, you don't, you don't need us to tell you, yeah, you need to have a small group. That's, that's biblical structure, and that, that's biblical to do that. And, uh, and we, we, of course, have the mechanisms to help you do it successfully. You know, um, Pastor Grace, if I can put you on the spot just a little bit more, um, can you share with people, you know, because you, you've shared about um, the doctor's appointments and, and still having your job to do, um, and then all the craziness of it, and people ministering to you, how did you stay in the midst of the crazy storms, right? How did you staying anchored? How did that affect who you are, your relationship with the body, relationship with God? I think it's important for people to hear that side as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, first I'll say 2020 was an absolutely amazing year. It really was. But it was absolutely one of the most difficult years I've ever faced in my life. And it was one of those years where, the, you know, you're, you're out in the water and the wave smacks you. 
<laughs> and you're you're floundering and you just get your head above water and it smacks you again. Um, you know, because there was there's thing after thing after thing, you know, with my pregnancy it started with um it started with my blood pressure being too high. So then there was that to deal with. And then there was gestational di diabetes. And then Ellie had kidney problems. And then, you know, and then there was all the doctor's appointments and there was all these things going on. And then on top of that, there was, you know, all the other things of life that happen as well as um, everything being shut down and, you know, just life. You know, you, you think about life in general and it's hard. And so, you know, I was talking to Joe the other night and I was, I was thinking about it. And I, for me, I learned how to be content. You know, Paul talks about in Philippians, I learned how to com be content in all things. In all, in, in all, all things. I have learned to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer in need. And, and the reality that I saw and the reality that I've learned is that it has nothing to do with the state that I am in. It has nothing to do with the things that are going on around me. It has everything to do with Christ. You know, for me, I, I used to, you know, life would happen. It'd smack me, and I'd freak out, and then I'd run to Jesus, and I'd sit at his feet, and he'd put me back together. But through this year, I've really learned how to, you know, when that wave smacked, I didn't freak out. I looked straight to Jesus. I, I, I skipped that whole go into the world thing and then go into Jesus. I learned how to just run to his feet and find my contentment in him because I knew that no matter what wave came next, and the waves are still rolling, just in case you're wondering, that no matter what came next, I had everything I needed in Christ. I had everything I needed in Christ, and he had me in his hands, he never let me go. He was faithful in every moment, in every step. And there was not one thing that happened that was outside of his control. He had it all perfectly planned. You know, it came down to I, I show up at the hospital to give birth, and they tell me I'm COVID positive. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't really have any symptoms. What are you talking about? So I, you know, and that was the one thing. Like, that was my biggest fear. That was my big, like, oh, Lord, what's going to happen if that happens? They're going to take her away. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be secluded. It's going to be awful. Da, da, da. All these things started to come in my mind. That was always, you know, even in meetings, I can remember saying, uh, you're going to have to have the bail money out because I'm going to fight someone and take my kid back. <laughs> but then the worst possible thing happened. And you know what? God saw me through every single moment. And in you know, I can remember when they said those words, everything stopped. You know, everything paused, and I, I thought to myself, are you going to trust him? No matter what they say to you, no matter if they look at you and say that we have to separate you from your daughter for two weeks, are you going to trust him through it, or are you going to freak out? And in that moment, I knew I could trust him. I could trust him because he had carried me this far, and he was going to carry me through it all. He was going to carry me for the rest of my times because my, my hope was not in my circumstances. It wasn't in what was going on in my life and all the chaos that was going around me. My hope was in Jesus. So good. 
And, uh, you know, I was, I'm sitting here thinking about everybody sitting around in our family room today. And uh, thanks, by the way, Tony, for helping us have a family room in the middle of a platform here. Yeah, I, Mike, Mike, Mike said we'd like to have one in our house because some of this stuff is from their home. But uh, anyway, I, I was sitting here and I was thinking about each person on this pl- platform and all the things that y'all have gone through this year and how the Lord's met. You know, Ellie, they said that she had kidney trouble and God healed her kidney and total, the doctor has confirmed, you know, what, what we were uh afraid of, you know, afraid of in the, in the early diagnosis before she was born, that she was going to have kidney trouble, potential even having surgery a, a week old, and none of that had to happen. It was a miracle. And, and the tests were there before saying it was, and then the tests were there after she was born saying it wasn't. The Lord, the Lord met y'all that way. Y'all moved. You know, the Lord provided um, housing and moved. I was thinking about Joe and, you know, work and how God's providing there, uh, just time and time again, you know, I'm thinking about Mike and Tony and their, um, you know, Mike retired this year in the middle of COVID land, <laughs> perfect timing to retire, but you know that, you know, that's a little scary, you know, when you've made um, good money, you know, and now all of a sudden you're retiring in the middle of not just a normal year, but COVID and uh, the Lord's been faithful. Y'all haven't missed a beat. And, you know, Mike was, was in a, what could have been a serious motorcycle accident, uh, rolling down the highway um, after somebody pulled out in front of him, basically, and um, totaled his bike, but had nothing more than just some bruising. <laughs> walked and got up and walked away from it. <laughs> he had a, I mean, it was bruising, but it wasn't broken bones and it wasn't a crushed yeah. skull or anything Thank else. You, I mean, it was a miracle, yeah. um, and just, he had some time of recovery from just rolling down the road, but, uh, <laughs> but, but other than that, you know, look, I mean, that's a miracle, yeah. that's a, that's Absolutely. a major miracle, yeah. and then, you know, I think about Jen, and, um, you know, Jen was furloughed and had her hours cut, you know, she talked about that already, but then was able to be here at the church, and still, had money, had her bills paid, and everything was taken care of, and she got to do ministry, um, and, and during during normal office hours, and didn't have to come in in the evening, and ha- still has our office here, you know, with us. So, you know, it's just awesome, and you know, the I think about the McGees and all that y'all have gone through, is, um, and just I, I remember it's so funny, and this is was certainly not orchestrated, but I remember. On the Wednesday night, we were getting ready for midweek refresh, and um, believe me, at the time, I had no idea what what was going to transpire, but um, I just really felt like the Lord say, pray for y'all's housing situation, and then, uh, lo and behold, God's handling the housing situation for y'all, you know, one step at a time, and then, yeah, then Kristen's surgery, and... um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, one surgery looked like it was a very dire situation, you know, septic and all of those things, and, and it looked like a, a really not good situation, but God, in one moment, you know, and, and the doctors said, you know, it's a miracle, um, that, you know, 
Can just I, we don't have a ton of time. Can you give us like a minute or two? Because you haven't shared that testimony publicly yet, and not everybody probably knows. And I don't mean to put you on the spot with this, but can you give us like two or three minutes? What happened? Yeah. So for probably three years or so, I had been dealing. Well, I've been dealing all my whole adult life with like kidney stones and stuff. Uh, but for the last three years, was dealing with some serious pain that I was. A, too afraid, and B, too stubborn to actually go get checked out and deal with until my family here <laughs> on this stage um, convinced me to go ahead and go because my life is precious. Um, and so found out that I had three and a half inch stone that needed to be drilled through. Um, it was not a simple surgery. Um, and I went into that, that surgery very afraid because um, I didn't know the pain level that I was then going to deal with. Um, and it was bad, honestly. Um, I, I woke up feeling like death because of the pain. But, and then, and then ended up uh, with a very, very bad infection, very high fevers. Um, I was pretty loopy. I don't remember a whole, whole lot about it. I just remember them saying, you're very sick. Um, and so they put me on a whole bunch of antibiotics trying to kick out whatever this was. I was septic. Um, I ended up with a partially collapsed lung because I was um, unable to breathe very well. I was bedridden for three days, and it was just a very, very scary situation. And two things about that. One, you know, we couldn't have expected what, was it, what it was going to look like, um, just me being in the hospital for so long. I was supposed to be in there for maybe two days, and I was in there for a week. Um, so then comes, okay, so what about kids? How do we handle that? Brandon's got to work. And we talk about koinonia and family and fellowship. Um, every, all of this whole ministry team just stepped up and like took care of it. God blew my mind with uh, the amount of support that we had. Um, but yeah, so, and then uh, I wasn't supposed to be able to, to well, <laughs> I really didn't know how sick I was. Let's just say that. Um, but by the end of the day that I got home, I was like so much better and man, God, God really took care of me. Yeah. So if, if I remember correctly, you, it, it, it was like overnight at one point it was overnight mm -hmm. that they, things were going downhill. It was, you were loopy, you were mm -hmm. sick, you were septic, blood pressure was whacked, your breathing was whacked. I mean, that's just, all of it was a mess. And uh, literally, it was like overnight, things shifted. Because I remember, I, I was at the hospital. I mean, I remember, it was one of those situations that we weren't sure that I was even actually going to get into the hospital. Yeah. I, I remember coming to the hospital and walked right by everybody, stopping everybody. And they, they, nobody stopped me. Nobody said a word. I just yeah. walked right on through, right past everybody. And, um, and, and, and I, you, you know, you were a little, you were a little loopy. <laughs> <laughs> you well, were a little septic. But... And you were on all sorts of meds. Yeah, and I had been up the entire night. Them trying to get um, fluids in me, they couldn't. They couldn't stick me. I was up literally all night with them trying to stick me to get an IV in, and they couldn't get it. So yeah. finally, they finally got it after hours. And then and overnight, hours. it literally was, seemed like it was overnight. Mm -hmm. Everything changed, and you were up walking, and the doctors were like, "What's going on?" Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was a Wednesday night, and she was super sick. And I remember the boys were coming back home with us, and I just remember thinking and praying, you know, Lord, just give me joy with the boys. <laughs> um, you know, and, not because and they're not joyful. 
No, <laughs> not at all. We had a blast. Um, but I just remember, you know, my heart breaking for you and for Brandon and just crying out to God for your health, for your life, and, um, and getting the boys to bed and then being able to go and just pray. And the next morning, I remember being, you know, you, you trust in God. And you realize that you have to walk through life. And I, rem I remember being slightly scared of what Brandon was going to tell me. And I walk in the office, and he's like, she's doing great. And I'm like, A, you're here? And B, she's what? And it was that, it was that much of a flip in, in, in the situation. So do you want to share a little bit about that, Brandon? Yeah, it was a miracle. Like, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing other to say than than the fact that it was a literal miracle. We we went from, um, you know, one night, her her laying there with a temperature of almost 104, not being able to breathe. Doctors are coming in and are having conversations with me, saying, "Your wife is really sick. We don't know what to call it. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what what exactly. So we're just throwing a whole bunch of stuff at it." Um, we know that she's septic and she's very sick. Um, so I'm on the phone saying, pastors, what do I do? What do I do? And, and, you know, they're like, pray, you know, pray, worship, turn on your worship, turn on your prayer, you know, encourage her in the word. And so I'm sitting there next to her and I'm just, you know, I'm reading scripture and I have scripture on and we got worship on. And the more that we continue to do that and the more that she continued to tune in, and the more that, um, you know, we remembered in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the waves, in the middle of the craziness in the hospital and the visits every 20 minutes into the room and no sleep and the, and the beeping and the screaming from down the hall and on and on and on and ICU nurses coming in, that our anchor was still in Christ right. and it didn't matter. You know, our anchor was still in Christ. He had it no matter what was happening. And so... To, to have all that, and then all of a sudden, so I, I leave, I go back in, and the next morning, and she's sitting up in bed. Now, mind you, she wasn't, she was barely coherent, you know, and then she's sitting up in bed the next morning. I walk in, and she's like, hi. I was like, whoa, Jesus. Whoa. You're glowing. That was awesome. Like, you know, not calling her Jesus. Like, that was the first one. I was like, whoa, Jesus, because it was like a different person. And it was awesome because so I came into work and I shared the testimony. I'm like, Kristen's doing really well. This is awesome. And I got back to the hospital that evening. And it was awesome because she was like, I want to try to get up and walk around. So we were walking up and down the hallways. And we had nurses and doctors who stopped in the middle of the hallway. They were right in the middle of their routes. They were right in the middle of doing what they were doing and going between rooms and everything. And they stopped. And they just looked at her walking down the hallway and I'm, I'm holding her hands and I'm like, keep focusing here, keep focusing. Cause I don't want her to clear up. Right. I'm like, keep focusing here. Um, and we're walking down the hallway and then one of the, one of the nurses, she's like, you know, every floor has that real vibrant, like cheerleader nurse. Right. She comes up, she goes, is that you? And so, because she was in the middle of the trauma, like she was in the middle of all the, can't, we can't find anything. We can't do anything. And, um, so, you know, the doctors and nurses were like, what happened? What happened? And it was awesome because it got to uh, have an opportunity for us to open a door um, to minister to the doctors and the nurses and tell them, hey, it's prayer. It's Jesus. It's faith. It's worship. It's scripture. Um, you know, being able to, to really do that. And, you know, you all always talk about, you know, what happens when you get poked? What comes out? You know, 
And it was an amazing thing to actually see um, when she was in excruciating pain. She had no idea what was going on. She was like, no idea what was going on. Um, and she's screaming in pain, but she started screaming in tongues. And she started screaming in the spirit. And the doctors and that. nurses are coming in. I don't remember and that. She's, she's still screaming in tongues, and the nurses are going in and out, and they're looking at me like, what in the world is going on? I'm like, it's Jesus. It's fine. It's fine. It's Jesus. So, uh, so that was really awesome. She's bilingual. Really awesome to see. So miraculous. She speaks English in tongues. <laughs> awesome so even the doctors and nurses were like that's a miracle we don't even know we don't even know what happened so it was awesome that's awesome you know i i think that you know so all these awesome stories we're getting ready to wrap up today just how god has shown up time and time again this year is so precious man it's so precious and um i just want to encourage you you know you might be watching part of our church family and you're like i didn't know that <laughs> i didn't know that happened i didn't know you all went through that you know, let me tell you, you know, there are, there are things that, that happen in all of our lives as it does in your life, and we just keep our focus on Christ. And so yet again, you know, this is a great story of how um, even your pastoral team, ministry team here at the church is, you know, keeping their eyes, keeping their focus on Christ, even in the middle of a, a crazy year. And uh, even to the, maybe the point that you didn't even know some of those things were happening, or even to what level they were happening. But, but look what God has done. It's been, you know, I was thinking about that. It's really been a beautiful year. It's, um, you know, I know um, COVID has really thrown us. We've seen the depravity of humanity and the sinfulness in the heart of man really rise. We've seen a lot of tension and strife and hate and all of these things. You know, Jesus told us not to be surprised when we hear those things, that that's it's only going to get worse, unfortunately. Um, so, so we shouldn't be shocked by those. That's, that's going to continue to happen, and the world is going to continue to spin, no pun intended, around us. And, and, and those things are going to happen. But, um, but in it, we look up, we put our focus on Christ, keep our eyes set on Him. And listen, going into 2021, keep your eyes on Christ. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you. you know, yeah. Keep your eyes focused on Him. Be strong and courageous. It's going to be an awesome 2021, and uh, I can't wait to see all that God's going to do in our church and our church family, and I want to encourage you to stay tuned over the next couple of weeks for all that's coming. Pastor Grace, as we, as we exit today, let's, let's sing. Why don't you join us as we worship and close today's service?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, we are so glad that you joined us today here at Celebration, uh, worshiping together, our family service. And uh, I want to pray for you as we go. I want to pray a blessing over your end of 2020 and shifting into 2021. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every family that's watching. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that as we wrap up this year, Father, that you'll wrap up 2020. Lord, that you'll wrap it up. Lord, it's in the past. Lord, our lessons that we've learned, the good and the bad, Lord, we take those. We treasure the miraculous moments. Lord, we treasure the provision. We treasure your care and your comfort. Lord, all of the things that you've done in our lives, Lord, we take those, the joys, the delights, we take those into 2021. Lord, we set our eyes ahead. Lord, looking forward. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would adjust our focus, set our eyes ahead to what lies before. Father, I pray that you would speak to us, give us vision, give us direction. Lord, speak to hearts right now about what you are doing in their lives this coming year. Lord, prepare us. Prepare our church. Pre prepare our church families. Lord, as a, as a congregation and individually for what lies ahead. From the youngest to the oldest, Lord, prepare us for the days ahead in, in this coming year. We thank you, Lord. May 2021 be full of your blessing and provision. Lord, we thank you for 2020. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing, your provision. And we look ahead. We look ahead with great expectation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great day.